0: and this week's episode of property news from around the UK and within the progressive property community. So let's start with the pets. The government wants to introduce pet-friendly tenancy contracts as standard. So in a recent report in Landlord Today, they talk about the government's model tenancy agreement being amended to be pro-pet The new agreement means that renters with what are described as well-behaved pets will be able to secure tenancies more easily. I mean, how do you define a well-behaved pet? In an interview with a tenant, do we get the pet to sit, stand, give us their paw? Do they have to talk to us? Do they um, clean up after themselves? What's a well-behaved pet? Everybody's going to say their pet's well-behaved. But anyway, under the new uh, agreement... Announced by Housing Minister Chris Pincher, landlords will no longer be able to issue blanket bans on pets. Instead, consent for pets will be the default position. The landlords will have to object in writing within 28 days of a written pet request from a tenant and provide a good reason. The reason for this introduction is that the government say that currently just 7% of private landlords advertise for pet-friendly properties, meaning many people with cats, dogs and other companions struggle to find suitable homes, and this is their solution. Mark Hayward, Arla Property Mark's chief policy advisor says, whilst we acknowledge that allowing pets can make a property more desirable and encourage tenants to rent for longer, Even the best behaved pets will have an impact on a property. A lot of stuff you don't see. What's buried in the carpets. What they've done behind the radiators. It's going to be really interesting about how the government can introduce this. The government have got to recognise the impact of their decision on, on this. And what can happen to property. So what's your thoughts? Let us know. Go over to the Progressive Property Facebook community. Click join if you're not already a member. Tag me in on a post and let me know what your thoughts are on The government making us allow pets in our rental properties. In other news, there's been a lot of talk in recent months about, due to coronavirus, people buying property away from cities, buying in the countryside, whether that be homeowners or landlords. In fact, the reality is uh, it's mainly homeowners that are looking to buy outside of cities. And there's another article this week in Landlord Today about landlords buying in cities, booking the COVID countryside craze and it makes total sense. Long term, you wanna be buying in the bigger towns or bigger cities. Now it doesn't have to be cities, it can be big towns, but certainly not buying in the countryside. Remember, it comes back to supply and demand and it comes back to the ability to find tenants. If you're buying a house in the middle of the country where there's only fields around you, you're going to struggle to find a tenant for that property. So nearly 7 out of 10 landlords, according to this article, will continue to target property in urban areas for their next portfolio purchase, Paragon Bank Research has found. Paragon's research of 846 landlords conducted by BVA BDRC found that
1: 16% If you love to travel like me and you understand the power in escaping the money for time exchange trap but you just don't know how to do it then building an Airbnb consultancy business could be exactly what you have been looking for right now in the UK. zero risk and almost unlimited potential sound good welcome to the airbnb consultant contact us through any of the channels included in the studio notes to get the conversation started
0: Send plan to buy an average of 2.2 properties in the next 12 months Of those looking to purchase, 68% are looking to buy in urban areas, despite the coronavirus countryside craze. Over a third plan to buy in a suburban area, and only 6% are looking at rural locations. Two-thirds of landlords said they plan to buy in the same area as their existing properties, with 10% targeting new areas. I'm a fundamental believer of urban areas whether that be a town or a city and also buying in the same area so not doing scattergun approach buying all over the country or all over the world but buying in one geographical area because you've got one letting agent to manage you have got one builder one plumber one electrician and also you've got that long-term demand covid has only been around a year it's not going to be around forever it will go away eventually and if it doesn't go away we've got to learn to live with it people will continue to live in cities. So if you're looking to scale a property business, the safest place to be buying property is towns and cities, not buying in the countryside. You're going to limit your demand. And that said, the percentage of landlords, the 6% that are looking to buy in the countryside and rural areas, that's probably because they're are looking to observe the masses and rather than do the opposite. If a homeowner is going to buy in the countryside because of COVID, that does not mean an investor should be buying there too. What's your thoughts? That's my opinion. Again, let me know. Head over to the Progressive Property Community. Let me know your thoughts. In other news, the Mortgage Works, the specialist buy-to-let arm of Nationwide Building Society, have who have always been doing mortgages for the last few years in your personal name. So if you're doing buy-to-let property, but in your personal name, what they have now announced that they are launching new limited company mortgages, targeting the growing number of incorporated buy-to-let landlords. I'm surprised this took mortgage work so long to move over to company mortgages. This is really good news, to be honest, because... I've got a lot of property with Mortgage Works in my personal name. Having them as a limited company mortgage is great because they're actually, I I believe they're a very good lender. The new rates at 75% loan to value, which are also available for remortgages, are two-year fixed rates at 3.34%. Remember, this is right now, so these rates will change if you're listening to this in the future and with a 1995 fee a 2 year fixed rate at 3.49% with a 995 fee and a 5 year fixed rate at 3.69% with a 1995 fee also a 5 year fixed at 3.84 with a 995 fee So pretty competitive, pretty much similar to some of the other lenders. But great news overall that the mortgage works are entering the buy to let market within limited companies. The more lenders that start to come into limited companies, the more um, competitive it's going to be. And it can only be good news for landlords. In news a little bit closer to home, within the progressive property community, Ahmed Khan has posted saying a £146,500 increase from adding a bedroom. He saw he's finally had a revaluation back and the flat has been valued at 450k as a two bed. Now this is a property he bought as a one bed. So they purchased it as a one bed for 303,500 and then converted the kitchen into a second bedroom. He says he doesn't know any property development strategies which make a return as high as this. Now, for anyone listening to the Progressive Property Podcast over the last few months, you'll know I've been talking about one-bed flats being converted into two-beds as a big strategy right now. Especially in places like London, where there's been a big drop in the value of one-bed flats, but not necessarily as big a drop in the value of two-beds. So you can start to get a really big increase. So Ahmed, well done on that deal. And um, a lot more people should be looking at that strategy. Claire Henson has also posted asking, just registered a limited company and what's the best bank account that people would recommend? We've had people come in saying Starling Bank, Mondo Bank, Cash Plus, Lloyds, HSBC, Tide. Loads of different suggestions. The reality is, right now in the middle of COVID, it's very difficult to get a bank account with a lot of banks. Now, a lot of people say, why is that? Why are banks not setting up bank accounts for companies? Well, it's really obvious, really. They're worried about you just setting up the bank account so that you then apply for the bounce back loans. So, once the bounce back loans opportunity closes, you're going to see the banks starting to allow you to open up their bank accounts again it makes total sense in a way they do not want us borrowing the bounce back loans or setting up the bank accounts specifically for that reason however those genuinely looking to set one up unfortunately get caught up in the same situation so clear at the moment trying to set one up is asking what's the best bank to do it in What we need to look at right now is what's the banks that allow us to do it. So online banks like Starling Bank are tied. You can get bank accounts set up quite easily at the moment in most places. But the long term, the best banks to have a bank account with, I would say is probably NatWest or Lloyds. Now, the reason I say NatWest or Lloyds is more about the bigger picture as you look to grow your property portfolio. Because NatWest and Lloyds, Because NatWest and Lloyd's are both uh, lenders who lend in commercial finance at a very, very good rate. So if you set up a business bank account with them and get a relationship going with the business banking manager within your local branch, you can build that relationship up for when you need or want funding later in the few, in a year, two, three years time for commercial financing or portfolio financing. So I would suggest getting a bank account right now and over time looking to work with NatWest R. Lloyds. And finally, in this week's episode, Lydia Talia posted asking people, what is the least favorite thing about property? Ranjit Shira said, designing layouts or refurbs. That could That is often most people's favorite thing As pointed out by Francesca Ashley. Michael Reynolds is saying paying capital gains tax. I don't think anybody likes to pay tax. Michael, get yourself a good accountant. We shouldn't be paying tax. Jade Marie is saying stamp duty. Fawad Uddin, tenants. Yeah, tenants. Some tenants. I love tenants. But um, also, I don't like managing the tenants. So get yourself a letting agent or outsource it. Nash Kumar, the paperwork. Oliver Bird, problems with tradespeople. Duncan Cork, the prices. Assad, is, Assad Agha is saying regulations, tax, tenant rights. Alan Martin sent tenants and new regulations that seem to come out once a month. So, lots and lots of different comments from people. Lots of different comments coming through. So what is your least liked thing about property? There's loads to love about property. There's a lot of things that people dislike about property. Here's what I would say though, whether you love stuff about property, whether you dislike things about property, the reality is property has made more people and this planet millionaires than anything else wealthy people right across the globe they either make their money in property or they invest their money into property and no matter what you do there's going to be things that you love and things that you hate even in your job there'll be things you love and you hate so Mark Homer the co-founder of Progressive once said to me don't wait to buy property buy property and wait so I'm going to leave you on that this week remember you've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast we're out twice per week now with the property news update, plus our normal episode every single Tuesday. So make sure you subscribe to the channel. Make sure also you go over to the Progressive Property YouTube channel and subscribe to the YouTube channel. We've got videos coming out every single week there that can help you on your property journey. And head over to the Progressive Property Facebook community. Tag me on in a post. Let me know your thoughts on the podcast or your thoughts on property investing in general. You've been listening to the Progressive Property Podcast. I've been Kevin McDonald. You've been amazing.